G'day punters, welcome to the deepest of dives, Monday morning as per usual, plenty of racing, we're starting a new season, we're all fresh, we're all ready to go for another 12 months of winning on the punt, which is exactly what we've been doing, so pleasure to you guys as well. Uh, Pete Anthony, Jack Dickens, Mark Roden, Shane Curlio and Curls, you've got the Italian flag in the background, please elaborate. And why wouldn't I, Peter? Um... I think I might have mentioned on this show a few times that my father was born in Italy. <laughs> so, um... More hats. The most hats in racing this So, week. technically, <laughs> I am as Italian as the fastest man on the planet. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to uh, apply for my Italian citizenship, which I am eligible for because uh, my birthright to do so. And I will be selecting a sport that will be in the Brisbane 2023 games, whatever it is, 2032 games, and I'll be selecting a sport that I can qualify for, which no Italian will be able to qualify for, but I will be able to. So I'm not sure whether that's like just the normal Olympics or whether I, you know, make some adjustments and try and qualify in other ways or whatever else needs to happen, but um, very proud to be half Italian. Um, Half Italian today. Although it goes against everything that I sort of like about competition when the Italian bloke and the sunglass wearing Quatarian <laughs> decided to split, decided to just like, uh, instead of having a jump off, they just decided to anoint each other gold medal, joint gold medalists, which was quite interesting. I'm not sure whether you guys saw that, but yeah. they got to a certain height and couldn't jump any further. And thought, no point going back jumping again. Well, they said on the coverage that the Qatar bloke was going to get a palace built for him back home if he won gold. So he would have been saying, "Hey, I'm not risking this. I've got a palace coming my way. Let's just call it a draw. Let's just let's hit the showers, boy." Yeah. Off we go. We'll do some business. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And conversely, the Italian bloke had a uh, nice pasta and a ready for him (laughs) when he got (laughs) hot. Just to be stereotypical, sort of Which casually you can racist. Know because, as you yeah. said, your father was born in Italy. That's yep. right. If you didn't know that. Okay, so we're talking about 2032. What's the most Queensland event that they could add into the Olympics that's not currently there? I mean, is there like horseshoe throwing? Is there Bundy drinking? Like, I mean, well, you probably can't have we that. Could but... have, we could have the defending. Or it's got to defend it a few times. But you know, a local 800 meter track and field champion. The bike is into the finals. Um, that was a great run. Hopefully, though, all of you who, um, you know, are scared of the refugees and the boat people, make sure you turn your TV, TVs off and don't enjoy this Australian who spent four years in a refugee camp. So Peter Boll, he's, yeah. he's fucking star. That was a, such yeah, a great so, tactical run with Simi as well. It's exciting. If you're looking for an event for girls to represent Italy in, in 2032 when he's going to be over the age of 50, I don't think the men's 800 is um, going to be up to Delhi. <laughs> No, he could be, he could be not part of the sort of you know, Toowoomba Mafia, just getting him up and about. He's a local, isn't he? Peter Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's just joined a long list of people that repatriated to Queensland and dominated their field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> insert, do, do the race. Yeah. <laughs> insert yourself. Racing people are the best at inserting themselves in stories. Yeah. You got to tag him in this comment as well. I was just thinking, probably the most Queensland thing that could possibly be an event would be grass growing. Um, so they can get all the track managers there. They can yep. give them a little bonsai each and see who can actually make the yep. the worst job of it. 
guarantee the Eagle Farm won't be getting a gig. Ooh. Um, but there's a lot, I reckon something I'll go around, through about seven blokes by 2032. Uh, um, I think something around another equestrian event very Queensland, camp drafting or something like that, or cattle rustling. Uh, I tell you what, Peter, if ending a sentence in A with an Olympic sport, Queensland is <laughs> dominated. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. Okay. Welcome to the big dive. Exactly. Look, it's been a, a fair bit happening on the track. We'll start with Victoria. Uh, Jack Dickens, we love Sandown, don't we? But we, we did resume at Mooney Valley for the first time in a little while, but congratulations to yourself and Jackson Oldham. Six months winning in a row. Yeah, no, it's been pretty good, eh? Um, there you go. It's been good, eh? Um, really not, happy uh, with it, uh, eh? Don't downplay down yourself. Six winning months in a row is ridiculously good. Yeah, no, it's working really, really well with Jackson. Um, the 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 structure we've got and the it's, yeah, six six months straight is isn't a fluke. And um, you know, we're we're flying already in August, mm. thanks to thanks to Royal Sandown. So. Um, yeah, let's look. Let's, we'll be looking for seven, and then to keep learning and continuing to improve, lads. Yeah, indeed. But um, fuck, it got scary there yesterday when our first monstrous bet about two hundred out, and TV said this thing's this thing's home. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you Gladys, tell- said Glad- you can just tell he's up there going, Gladys thinks she can get the sort of the crown for early crows, does she? Well, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bang, this thing's it's all over. <laughs> well, there's nothing, like, I think it's a good thing. More, yeah, talk about um, race callers. TB cops a lot of stick, right? Anthony Manton called one during the week. Today's the day, at first clear, and he's finally going to break through, and it got run down. And ran second and got B on the line. Now, if that was TB, Twitter erupts. No one's listening to Mance. Everyone's listening to TB because he's captured the imagination of people that bet because they want to hear him go to the early crow. And I think there should be more of it. I love it. I've sure, decided I love it. I've decided I love it. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's opinionated and, and quite good at it. When you, when you have a view, you're going to get a couple wrong. Surely the only people blowing up are dirty, filthy radio punters. I think a lot of them are non-punters and a lot of them are... Um, I think the radio guys would be making a heap of money out of him because he's good. I, I, I think it's just victims thinking that somehow Terry's influenced the result yeah. and yeah. caused them to lose. It oh. took me a while to get over that as a younger man, that thinking that either someone else or you calling a horse home physically caused it to slow down and lose. Um, <laughs> you have to... You have to put that kind of thing into one well, side. You probably, you probably had to, Mark, because when you were a younger man... Like they only had transistors. <laughs> so you probably had to move on from that pretty quick. You wouldn't have actually got to see Mission and Audio at the same time until you're about 46 or something, would you? <laughs> this, is, this is a bit strong for coming from someone who's 44. Eh? <laughs> I was going to say, and Mark still looks younger than probably most of us on the panel, but anyway. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Mark Rowan and Mark Sheen just reminiscing about the days when they didn't get to watch races when they were betting on a... Well, to be fair, I'm not that... They phone up the numbers, you know. I have been betting pretty seriously since I was five, so... (laughs) I did get a running start of it. All right, uh, Dickens, run us through the valley. What was the biggest figure on the card? 
Uh, Mahatma Dias was the biggest and did most of the damage in the first half of the race or to the 600. Um, I was quite impressed and am starting to be impressed by Fred Kersley. This, oh. horse, this horse was underwriting a fair way out and um, young Fred just kept to it, was strong and fit, like the rider. And I think, you know, it made a big difference here because it was basically last man standing. Um, and the, 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 the horse with a bit of form around the track and on the quick backup, the fitness sort of shone through. Um, biggest figure, but blessed by the, the early uh, tempo in the, in the race. You're coming around to Fred, aren't you? You defended him on dice roll. He's, yeah, I'll, getting... I'll, I'll completely pot him if I have to. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like him as a bloke. Or, or, not, or, not, like him, or not like him as a bloke. I, I like the way he's riding, and I think... Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something in his personal life or his uh, professional life has changed, and... Um, there's a little bit more consistency to, to his riding, definitely. Okay. Well, uh, you, you did say that I'm front thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. I'm thunderstruck. Uh, it was looking like a Group 1 horse in the making. Did it confirm your initial thoughts there on Saturday? Yeah, and shout out to Jackson who handled We We lost small on Saturday, but we would have broken even or just one small at the Valley. We lost at, pa- at Pakenham where we took $7 and $11 about horses that started two fifty and four fifty. One was six. Was it six or seven wide? Yeah. <laughs> and if you think it was windy in Melbourne, whenever it's windy in Melbourne, it's twice as windy out there. It's, it's like Nana Goon. It's not even Pakenham. It's on <laughs> a hole. Yep. Anyway, um, he dodged Jigsaw, who was completely diggerized by it like a horse that couldn't win on its outside. Unbelievable. But uh, he, he launched in it on Thunderstruck. Um, it was the only horse to sort of win this way over this trip on the day, and especially with the tempo they, they the race was running. I think this is a really, really strong performance. But every horse was sort of accelerating through that section, and she was just like steering it sort of thing. And it rolled in a little bit again, but it ran home real strong. I think it's another string to this horse's bow. Yeah, like... Valley is a very unique course versus Flemington, and it's now pissed in. Big run, uh, Preble and Lindsay's, but it was like Brett Preble gave that thing an absolute peach. I was in yeah. the, the spot to be on the day. Um, you know, completely all the ticks go to uh, on Thunderstruck, who I think despite the trainers complaining about the pop-up races and the way racing's run, I think uh, on Thunderstruck's headed to a pop-up race in Sydney because it's a gelding. And it would be turning four. Uh, I don't have. I don't know that. But yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. It, it would be turning four, and I think the same stable also have Ayrton and uh, the other thing. They've got one more. Can't remember what it is. They've got three hands. Fascinating. Handy fascinating how the um, the trainers had a week off last week, and then I don't know how or why, but they always sort of find the same ones who and they represent the industry, and they represent all of their other trainers, and the same sort of ones speak every time when they're asked to for a bit of clickbait complaining about the industry, about racing Victoria. You people uh, do more damage to the sport than you think. I don't know I don't know why you think it would help you get owners because it's like, as potential owners as a group here, there's no fucking way we're going to go near the people who can relentlessly complain. You haven't missed a day's work or a wage through a pandemic. You haven't been inconvenienced one little bit and all you seem to do is whinge and complain and want other people to help you run a business that you want to run yourself, though. You want to be part of, like, a communist country, but you want to not be a communist. You, you are beyond frustrating. Why the, the RSNs and .coms think it's good content, it's, it's 
painful. It must be but, getting clicks, Jack. But, but in a good way, because it, well, it helps me tap out, because I just I can't listen to it. But you see the headlines and the headlines. Oh, You've not missed a yeah. day's work while people have lost their jobs. Punters in this in, in this country, in this state, have been left to fucking die if you're an on-course punter, who actually are the ones who are going to keep the food on your table if you ever need the food on your table. People have been, like, castrated in this pandemic, and you haven't missed a thing. So stop fucking complaining. It's doing my head in, please. Yeah, there must be good clickbait. It must be that self-perpetuating victim mentality that's uh, going on down there. And so all the participants are clicking on those articles. It's often the big ones, though. Like, I wonder how the smaller ones are going. It's, I just it's could, like, I, I, if, you, if it's so hard, is, is, is Racing Victoria forcing them to be trainers? They're not, mate. Dennis Pagan won the derby. It's not that hard. <laughs> I couldn't There's resist. Some fucking gratitude. I couldn't resist um, commenting on Matt Stewart's article that he had Amy Yagi, I think it was. Oh, um, Christ. I had to. I had to comment saying, like, what a wonderful advertisement for the sport. No wonder young people are walking away from the game in droves. Like, yeah, how depressing exactly, must that, it that, be to be in the game? That's exactly what I was trying to say the first time. They're on there going, oh, we can't get stuff. We can't get stuff. Well, all you do is paint your job like it's torture. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fucking up. It's so dumb. Ungrateful, tiny-minded. The point about the um, pandemic is a good one. Um, A lot of people, like last year during the, you know, the the absolute harshest of the harsh lockdowns down here in Melbourne, a lot of people didn't actually, you know, a lot of people, most people don't care about horse racing at all, right? And a lot of people didn't realise it was still going on. And when they actually found out that it was, they were fucking outraged. It's like every other business in the state is shut down. How is bloody horse racing, which I hate anyway, allowed to to go on? So... um, And this myth that like, oh yeah, turnover's way up. We've got heaps more turnover than we had this time last year. Everyone's got more turnover, you fucking idiots. How much market percentage do you have? Have you got more market percentage than you had? That that That's what matters. Well, the pokies were shut as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck. Oh. The pokies were shut plus JobKeeper equals absolute orgy of uh, money-making on horse racing. You know? Yeah, but they, but they want, to, they want their, their staff trained for them, schools put on for them. Why can't we get our staff trained for us? Yeah. We we actually fund the industry. Our poor intern. Oh, he's having to learn off the rest of us. <laughs> Doing the work of ten men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the this he, got been... one, he got one wrong and he's getting cast right away. Fucking hell. It's been a great start to the deep dive for uh, the new racing season. I'm enjoying this. Hopefully it continues on. Well, do, do you guys not agree that it's just like relentlessly negative complaining from these people who have not been inconvenienced at all. If anything, you get to go to the races and do all the usual things that you do, give riders poor tactics, and no one gets to lean over the fence and, and tell you what they think. You're just there just chipping away, earning an income. Yeah. Leaving your, your staff in horrible, horrible pants. I wouldn't want to be a stable hand. See some of the shit they have to wear? Or clean up? Literally. Yeah. One big stable in, in Melbourne, the, the the pants that some of his his stuff that's like strappers wear. It, it, the I don't pants. Know where the myth stable. Oh, I see. I I still don't know what you're talking about. I'm not paying attention enough. Clearly. All right, Jack Dickens. Well, 
that was a good rant and well aimed and I can't actually disagree with anything you said and I thought it was good enthusiasm so keep it going what have I got to do now well sads oh try to set good. one up this in race really one what, what are you talking about yeah here? this is fascinating behaviour now sads sads is a sneaky operator he said that on .com when he went on <laughs> Tuesdays with Terry which is some of the greatest content on, on racing.com uh, yeah, he mentioned how he used to set a few up blah 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 there was a horse here first up no start wonder legend Wonder Legend was like 41s into 16s, solid money. And TV was all over it, the veteran. You know what I mean? Like, he was like us. He's going, there's been a lot of money for this Wonder Legend. <laughs> anyway, went like shit. And it, but it had three average awful trials, which is classic sads. Normally, if they go to the bush, well, you know, you got to keep a real close eye on the market. Like Bee Hunter. Bee Hunter went to Bendigo top of my head it might have been b hunter i think it was off the back of a bunch of average trials and it knocked off a horse called banco oh the sot horse sot brody horse (laughs) who sot just relentlessly tapped the whole way down the flemington straight (laughs) he almost knocked over the clock tower doing so there was that much fissuring going on at flemington the button on my computer still doesn't come out the whole way Um, anyway, like when Sad said, like so, B Hunter off no, off no trials, nothing of, a, of of worth to the eye, knocked off Banco, who was there to win as well. They both Banco came out and was a group horse. So Sad's knows what he's doing. I think they tried one on here, uh, missed the start a little bit slow away and worse than midfield, which was not where he wanted to be on on Saturday. Froggy knew it again, like pants them, didn't he? There was also good money for direct. It was a really good betting race, race one. Um, yeah. Great betting race. Uh, I don't know who it was. It might have been uh, Remy Tremzel on Lloyd's Crown who just diggerized uh, Jigsaw three wide, no cover. And I'm sorry. Was, wasn't who? Remy. Remy Tremzel. Who, who is that? Don't, don't, really, don't really know, to be honest. <laughs> Chris Sardinio's brother. <laughs> Why did they ride that horse and pin Jerry? Where were we yesterday? Oh, uh, or about Kalgoorlie? Former apprentice butcher, still getting some work by the sounds of things. Um, I think also just for that trainer spray, I'm 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 only bagging the trainers that go on the radio and the TV all the time and complain. There's, there's so many of them that don't, and I bet you they've got the shits more than I do. If you've got the shits, get in contact with us here at the deep dive. We want to hear you, your. You shit. want to edit that whole show up, do you? Uh, I'll do a once-off. We can we can have a shitstorm of a deep dive. It'll just be like edit jump cuts everywhere. It'll be great. It'll be like watching a fucking Marvel film. I don't know. I assume I don't watch any of them. Okay, Dickens. Well, let's wrap up Moody Valley with Mister Pickwick. Mister oh, Pickwick. Is, well, this is a group discussion here. What do you do with this? What Essentially, the- T.O. Nugent was probably the, this is probably the ride of the day. Intent. He thought. He was aggressive. Uh, but also, essentially, they cheated. Change of tactics. Here we go Broke again. the rules. Look, we all agree. Just the rule just is completely fucking pointless and stupid and should be just gotten rid of. But it's not. We can't do anything about it. So we just wear it every time it happens. Well, if you're not like if you're betting in run, then you're sweet here. But if you're not and you're betting off speed map, you're entitled to be filthy. Okay, so we're talking about a horse that went. Even here, even tempo, it's led. Last start settled 12th of 12 at uh, Waraknabil. 
on a fast tempo. Start before that, settled 6th of 7th at Nuchuka. Start before that, settled 7th of 12th at Geelong. And if you look at this, this, prep, this prep alone, right, the Geelong run was 10 lengths slow to the 600. The Echuca run, 13.6 lengths slow to the 600. The Warwick-Nabil run, 1.5 lengths slow to the 600. Then on Saturday, he's lit the thing up and gone 6.2 fast. Like, yeah. It's a deliberate change. Even if they can't count, they can, they can, they, they're sure they notice the difference in that. And I think it's an outstanding piece of riding and should be applauded. But the way it is, it just it just it gives people the opportunity to get the shits. I'm frustrated with the sport. It makes it even harder to understand than it already is. Yes, indeed. Okay. Very good, Dickens. Let's go to New South Wales. Mark Roden, I'll get your performance of the day and also maybe a horse or two to follow from what happened there at Randwick. But... I guess we should probably start just by talking about the the track in general. It was obviously a good track for a change, which is very nice. But how did you find the track actually played there on Saturday? Well, it, it switched halfway through. It looked. I was actually concerned after race one uh, that it might be even not fence on fire, but fence a plus. Um, that wasn't the case, although it did look like on pace was a plus in the first half of the program. But by um, the last three races, if you look at the punning form data, the winners have come uh, by the two hundred anyway. Down lanes 11, 13, and 13, all widest in the field. Market was right under that. Um, well, six guns back off the map. Um, and then they tuned in the Valak Penta on the back of six guns win. So the, uh, the market certainly tuned into that, that pattern. Um, in terms of a performance, look, on, on the figures, um, so wicked has just jumped out of the ground. Um, clear best um, of the day on punning form, and I, I have to agree. It, you know, assume the times are right, and <clears throat> it's, I mean, that race did set up perfectly for him. Margie B ran them along, um, gone out fast, and so Wicked just got the perfect trail with McDonald um, and just flew, put an absolute space in them. I don't know whether it can back that up, yep. to be honest. So, I mean, there's, we've got a lot, a lot of data on so Wicked, and this is, you know, this looks too big for me. Um, whether she can back it up, I don't know. Another, um, Great example of the McDonald on system. It happened twice uh, on Saturday. So Wicked and Wariri Falls in race six. That Wasn't that just bolting? Like it just looked like it yeah, was just going to clean them up and yeah, and did. And did. Um, yeah, that was an opposite sort of setup. It, it was travelling close to the lead in a slow pace. Yeah. Um, so it had the perfect run on a fast pace. But um, yeah, that, that McDonald on system just consistently returning 20 plus percent pops you know over six 12 months it's just incredible just anytime he's on just i mean you almost bet blind i didn't back either of those and i'm kicking myself to be honest yep um away from so wicked look the one thing i will say looking at the punning form data is that the two 1800s have gone the best two for the day and silent agenda is not much of a horse and he's he's returned minus 5.6 so that that puts a little bit of a, a cloud over the 1800 figures on the day for me sure um Away from then, the, the mighty Mirror Vision was uh, next best. Great um, pick by yourself. You were there on Friday morning. Sent off the early play. Oh. Then pissed him, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> bolted him. <laughs> I wish, yeah, if they, everything at double figure odds could be like that would be uh, in the Bahamas before too long. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, the, the key to her was back on dry, as I said, on Friday. Yep. I think... I mean, she was backed. She was around 17 plus on Friday. There were some deductions, but it, and it was, you know, pretty $10 was hard to get at the death. 
Um, but I think there might have been a slight knock on her Rambic stats because she was five for naught, naught, naught. But if you dig a bit deeper there, she'd had excuses at least twice. And there was a couple of fourths in there from memory as well, wasn't there? A couple of fourths and a yeah. couple of three white no covers. Uh, and she, she'd run at Rambic last night on a, on a bottomless track and, and just gave up. So, you know, there was at least three of the five runs were excuse runs. Yep. Um, so I wasn't too worried about that. And uh, great riders, Clipperton did the rest. Fantastic. Should be more of it. Yep, I like absolutely. Betting. I like it's um it's one thing betting in Sydney. It's another thing watching it. Does anyone at Racing New South Wales care what their product uh, looks like? Well, I had it. Like, that about with the um, you know, so they're they're getting out uh, past halfway in the track, and you can't see the horses because they got the graphics over the top of them and right, the last three races. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, like it's un, it's it's unwatchable as an exaggeration, but it's hard to watch. Yeah, it truly is. When you can't see the horses, you're seeing graphics and. Numbers yeah. flash around the screen. It's it's almost like listening to the and watching the yard pre-race at Canberra. Yeah, it's painful for a number of reasons. <laughs> you airing some grievances for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I just miss, I just miss Gorsi. Uh, he's watching on Twitter and he's no longer on Sky Channel, so I don't get to hear or see his <laughs> pre-race analysis. So. Where's he gone? Who knows? Nobody knows. Who knows. But um, anyway, it's hard the, to watch. The other great thing Sky Channel do, and this isn't just in Sydney, is uh, you've got a close finish, you get the slow motion replay, then as they're about to hit the line, they resize the screen. Uh, so you, your eye is just looking in completely the wrong spot when you're just trying to say who's got their head down on the line, and, you, and then they resize it to about two thirds the size and put all the take dividends around it. Yeah, People want to know, they, they want to see those numbers. Yeah. Um, just a quick question in the last what are we doing this night of power it's been like a horse of many frustrations I'm sure for a heap of punters and here it is just lobbing in a very slowly run race is that just it oh god bless it you know uh, made it a winning day for yeah. us all um, but that birthday I think yeah just right uh, um, Mark Sheen said it was half a cat in his preview on Thursday he yeah. said it was a good race for it but it doesn't try and he's he, he's got a point, I think, and I think it's just fallen into place on um, on Saturday. It was just fast lane, and yep. um, thank God it was. Okay. All right, a little bit of Randwick there. Uh, obviously, we're not too far away from good horses resuming and all that sort of thing, so really, we're uh, just getting warmed up. But I think this is obviously important form for that early part of spring. Will, uh, will those good horses race, or are they just going to try them? <laughs> well, it, the, I think Perhaps the Rose Bay was one of the, the, the very first... Prelude to a feature is on next Saturday. It's going to be interesting um, the next month because of the continuing lockdown mm. in the uh, oh. Premier State. Um, the up-and-coming meeting has been transferred to Kembla on, the, I think, the 14th of August. Because mm. Rose Hill is out of action because it's in the wrong uh, council area. So they're going to have well, to Well, they're, they're not racing there at all. No, no. Or Warwick Farm or Canterbury. So... Um, that's a... That's... So there's a lot of Kenzo's. It's, it's weird. Why can't they all just do... Why can't that poopy pants fuck just make it the same rules for everywhere so we know what's going on? Oh, well, we know what's going on. It's just... Well, we why can they race it? at every track in Victoria when it's a shit fight here and then they can't do it in New South Wales? Because uh, I think they're, they're trying to run a two-track approach in New South Wales where the uh, people in the east uh, get a lot more freedom than the people in the west. Yeah, they've got everywhere. <laughs> How grouse is it to you, like, if you live in Coogee? <laughs> you've dead set spread it. You started it. Now they're all fucked and just play on. Well, so the reason I asked Mark is I wondered whether you saw the trial of the Queenslander Maltai 
who went down there, uh, the three-year-old trial there on Friday. I thought it was the best trial of the set, but you wouldn't know it because none of the Queensland, uh, none of the New South Wales propaganda outlets mentioned it. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Who, who's got it? And what's it going That's for? Casey Fogden sent it down there. Um, oh. So, but it's, yeah, it's an aquasaurus going for the, the. I think it is the rosebud. Okay, right. So. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, I don't watch trials on the day. Uh, I, I sort of watch, I watch them when I need to. On demand. Oh, so you don't. You're not one of them blokes that tweet on or regularly at Racing Victoria. The water we have high definition trials live. You're not one of them types. Oh, I, I, I love having high definition <laughs> trials replays with them racing in their silks and Replay. with the commentator. But uh, in terms of, am I going to watch a set of trials from nine till ten thirty in the morning? Uh, answer no. On the day, I've got enough to do. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Sad will do if they, if they, if they fix up the trials down here. What? Yeah, just on this, I should let this go, but what advantage is there in watching the trials as they happen on television? Absolutely nothing. No, other no, than totally being able agree. to tweet about it and go, Jesus Christ, that flew, oh, airborne, I'm going to be on this in the... Well, fur- further to that, what would the... Why would you do that work to then tell everyone who didn't do the work, <laughs> hey, put this thing in, it's gone good. You know what I mean? The advantage, well, the only advantage I can think of about watching trials live is actually watching them live and being there and seeing them come off the track yep. and seeing how hard they're blowing or how fit they are, all that sort of stuff. Um, that would be an advantage, and you don't get any of that on TV. And I'm not putting the, the Sydney trials TV coverage is light years ahead of anything else in Australia, don't get me wrong, but you don't get that. That, that would be the extras that made it worth going and watching the trials live. Indeed. All right, girls. Let's go up towards Queensland, and uh, we'll start. You want to talk about Twitter? Sometimes it yeah. provides some good advice. That's disturbing you know, behaviour. One of the questions that we had received on a live or a show we discussed was copying tips off trainers um, as a form reference. Now, I want to talk about a horse trainer slash social commentator who sort of transformed into an infectious disease expert slash epidemiologist. <laughs> Here we this go. Good. Richard oh, Friedman. <laughs> so Richard Friedman has given us a great <laughs> nugget of advice here. So this is just a, one of his many tweets about COVID, blah, blah, blah. We're going to eventually all likely get it, okay, but the vaccines will, will stop the vast majority of, from hospitalisation. Okay, thanks for your insight on this, Richard. So we're going to... We possibly should just accept we're going to get it. But the little bit of gold, oh, Richard. But the little bit of gold that Richard did put, and the only thing that he's made any sense in his ramblings about COVID on Twitter is this tweet here. Just stop following me. <laughs> so I just want to say, I wanted to point that out because that's very important, everyone that follows Richard. Take Richard's advice. <laughs> These fucking entitled horse trainers have just transcended <laughs> themselves into... Like well, social would, commentators and, and think leaders of bad the free world. Because he hasn't, hasn't stopped him doing anything. All it's done is let him waffle around Honestly. the racetrack by himself. Freedom. So I've taken Richard's advice. So thanks very much for that. Um, Peter, do you prefer to go to Flemington when it's packed and you can't move? Or Raw Sandown? It's just you and me. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll order an Uber Eats of McChickens and feel safe as fuck. I mean, look, to be honest, it's far better just... Not being near anyone 
That's what the trainers have got right now with COVID, and they love it. Yeah. So they're saying just let it spread, just keep it going. There must be a there make it, there must be a vacancy at Sky News because there's a Racing dot com and some Sky Channel analysts that are just tweeting <laughs> like they're auditioning for the role. Oh. Uh, watch this space butters. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's um, that's that's today's lesson in taking it tips off trainers. Indeed. Um, right. um, going, on, yeah. <laughs> on the track, on the track, on the track in Queensland, uh, going off the punning form at dot com and dot au data, a couple of horses broke the benchmark. Out of nine races on the card, it was a very um, ho-hum day. Not surprisingly, two of those horses were trained by Steve Trigay. Um, so yeah. the guys are completely airborne. Uh, so airborne, in fact, that I thought I'd back one at Toowoomba in the first. It didn't tack on. Um, <laughs> this is a big... This is, like, I'm going to put this out there now so you can use this. We can come back and say you're a genius or you're an idiot. Steve Trigay, as we know, trained in Centrefires, um, the Great White Height from Queensland. It's headed to Peter Moody. This horse is a big chance to regress under Moody. I'm tipping this horse could regress under Moody. Steve Trigay's horses are completely airborne. And, like, he's an owner-trainer, owner-breeder-trainer, does everything himself. Um, yeah, Champagne Artie heavily back win the first. I sort of tweeted early that it was three wide, no cover on a soft tempo to the eye. So he's in the right part of the track. Wasn't a special win. You go back and have a look at the punnyform.com.au data. The race went negative 5.2 and he was three wide, no cover on speed going negative 3.9. Got that wrong. Um, and then eloquently in the last, uh, made it seven wins in a row. Um, and uh, it was on speed. She went negative 0.7 and home in 0.3 just to just to break the benchmark. And um, the other horse to break the benchmark was London Banker, who sat uh, off a ridiculously hot tempo of a negative 8.9. So they sort of had nature to break. Boy? Sorry? Is that Nature Boy, 40 lengths in front or something? Was that that race? Uh, I think so. So that was the two. That, that was, so that had to break benchmark. But the other two being the Steve Trigay runners, um, it's, like I say, it's unbelievable what their horses are doing and I'd be very interested to see whether Moody can improve that horse or not. Big chance it regresses. Um, well, but I'll tell you what improvement's priced in. I just had a glance this morning. Not that I was going to bet on it, but that uh, incentivises $13 equal favourite for the Foster's Melbourne Cup or whatever they call it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> No other really, not much else to talk about on the track. Um, it was just a, like another one of those sort of, you know, winter Queensland meetings where the lower class horses get to perform on a Saturday, uh, which all the good southern jocks are going home. So you've got those uh, higher end provincial jocks now riding in town, which means you've got your lower end country jocks riding at the provincials. And sometimes we're on the receiving end of some less than acceptable rides on the weekend but that's uh, all part of it during the depths of winter so we'll hopefully as we see some better horses and some better races later in the year we'll get some better depths but in the meantime we'll just um, have to work with what we've got up here I was going to say not a lot of excitement yeah, yeah I mean you might get some better horses coming back but are you going to get a better track 
a better track than Eagle Farm. Well, it um, like it done me, and I don't know whether I would have been the only one. Um, we saw horses in the first few races out wide. If you look at the punting form data, winning yeah. lanes in the straight. Uh, race one was, you know, Champagne Artie's got to lane five at the top of the lane, and then lane seven in the straight. London Banker went lane 10 and lane 14 from the four to the two to the finish. Uh, all the way out to sort of race five, Boom Sender sat OSL and was lane seven from the corner and lane nine in the straight. And then race six, um, in a deliberate act, um, Luke Tarrant, because they interviewed him post-race after he rode the winner, Sakuda, he said, I thought there's nothing wrong with the inside and I was happy to dive back inside them. From the top of the straight, he did dive back inside them, and he and he won. Now that was lane three, uh, but that was the an inside lane as far as where they were across the track. That was the closest to the fence. Uh, then we had Triple Ace with uh, a lot more aggression late, winning um, lane four and five from the corner, and then the last couple of races were lane two and lane three horses on speed and back to the inside. So. We had the first half of the meeting where everyone wanted to get water and they were winning, and then as the day wore on, we were happy to get back to the inside. So maybe our racing minister, whose name is Grace Grace, or as I like to call it, Two Graces, um, <laughs> who was lambasted during the week for saying that just give the Eagle Farm track all the reports I've had is that it's coming good, and uh, we should be sitting there looking at puntingform.com.au this morning, the racing minister. Pretty actually, chuffed with her we're, comments, we're, I'd imagine. I'm actually, I talked to the sugar man. Apparently, she has got an account. So, there you go. Well, you know, well done to the racing minister. Grace, Grace. I think she's the racing minister. Maybe she's not anymore. She was. She, she was, was the racing minister. And she did ask, do they have group races at Gimby? If not, they should. Sure. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's Queensland. Um, it'll be pretty much the same for the next few weeks, a uh, couple of months, I'd imagine, but it is blah, racing and just try and grind a win. Okay, very good. Uh, we've got one Q&A, one question. Uh, it's quite a good one quick. as well from Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I am very interested in the discussions you've had regarding rated price. I was wondering if you had any literature resources or websites that could help with beginning the journey of framing a market for a race. I get the general idea that every horse needs a rating, but how one arrives at that rating is my question. Uh, he goes on to add that he's got a punting form data subscription and has been using it successfully for betting for himself in the past. But jumping across into framing your markets, Mark Roden, do you have any starting points, any suggestions regarding literature or websites to help Ryan on his way? Just firstly... I'm sure he's already used it, but if anyone else is like listening to this and going, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this stuff, the easiest place to start building a price is the puntingform.com.au workbook. It's the pencil icon on your on a screen of a of a race, uh, and it opens up, and you can put in which which what Mark will probably talk about now, your own version of a rating, and that'll equal a hundred percent market for you, yep. Mark. Yeah, that's the easiest way. Depends how deep into the mechanics of it you want to get, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big, big, big topic, to be honest. The way I learnt was the Don Scott books, which were written in the 70s, which were derived from weight ratings. Uh, Don Scott had a scale. It was pretty basic, but that said, advanced for its time, especially what was public, what was publicly available back then. 
of just what the various gaps between the horses. And you'd find this if you're assigning them ratings in the punning form workbook too. If you basically if you're dealing in lengths, you know what does if you've assessed a horse one length or two lengths ahead of another, what what percentage chance does it have of beating it on the racetrack? And then that that's like an A versus B scenario. Then it gets more complicated after that. So if you wanted to delve into maths of it, you could start there. But I'm, I mean, it's developed so much since then. If I was if I was 18 now and starting from scratch, I, I'm not mathematically smart enough to do this, but I'd get involved. I would find someone who can model uh, and just, just, you know, analyse reams and reams and reams of data and, and weight the various, uh, the different variables. I mean, that's what the syndicates are doing. If you can find the pearl they haven't, you'll make a lot of money, in my view. But, um, yeah, in terms of publicly available stuff, play around with punning form. And just remember, it's, it's about assigning... Pro assigning probabilities. That's when people talk about value, that's all they're talking about. Is mm. is the price you're getting a reflection of, you know, is it a greater or lesser reflection of the horse's actual chance of winning in your opinion? That's all. Yeah. That's and are you yes. sort of saying, like, don't don't overthink it. Like, the market's going to do a lot of the work for you, the basic stuff. You're just trying to find something that's a bit of an edge for you to, to hone yeah, in on. That's certainly one way. Uh, I don't know, some of the syndicates approach it that way. Um, if you're, I mean... If you've got a good way of using the punning form data, for instance, or whatever rating method you like to use, that sort of takes away the need to use the public market as a starting point, which a lot of methods do. If you're confident enough in your rating method, you can actually cut that step out and just and just price and bet. But that but, that sounds so hard. Well, you can do it by the punning form workbook, actually. You can, but yeah, it's. Look, there's a good. I mean, every every rating method has its pros and cons and has its little flaws here and there, and that's why using the market is a good way of ironing that out. And I think if you're starting, that would be the, the smartest approach. Keep yeah. it simple. I'm talking about something a bit more um, advanced. And the other thing is, I mean, when you are adjusting your prices for all those little things, <laughs> you see, I'm so stop. stressed out when you talk about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. no, no, the no. other thing is. Well, it's all very well saying, okay, so you've got an idea of how good you think each horse is and how well they're suited. Or what, no, just how good they are. Then you've got to adjust for how well suited they are, who trains it, who's riding it, state of track, all that sort of stuff. You can just go through and say, I'll give that one or two or whatever, and I'll, I'll knock two off it because I don't like that jockey. Better than doing nothing, maybe, but it's a trap because... These little adjustments are the gold that make your markets as good as they can be. And in that case, make it data-driven. You know, mm. I don't like, I have lost a lot of money on backing R. Bayless now since he got to New South Wales. And you look at his figures, and they're available in punning form, he's been going great. And so if you're just because you're prejudiced, going in and knocking one or two ticks off his mounts blind, the results show you. You're doing yourself out of money. You're, probably, you're missing winners. You're probably backing losers you wouldn't have otherwise backed. Um, so make it data-driven. When, when I can make... attest to that, Mark, because of you, I laid that thing yesterday that Matt last with him on it. I was like, I'd have to lay it. Which one? Didn't he, oh, didn't he ride one, that Bayless ride one yesterday that was like oh, short as shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Matt yeah. last, I'd lay it because it's Bayless. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I have a different view there. I, I have prejudices big time, and it's more about riders in certain situations. So off a speed map, I'll, I'll go, I don't like this rider in this situation. 
and it can be across all of them, even up to Damien Oliver and Jamie Carr and Craig Williams, you know? Like that big bet we had yesterday, I was uncomfortable with Willow leading. I didn't expect him to lead, which is where I mapped the horse. So then I, I, I take it back, and I, and I wound in the... We start. We, we are starting from an automated score for a rider and a trainer from data, but I'll still tinker with it. Um, John Allen on... We talked about Maserati Bay, Peter, on Thursday. I said he's going to be in the coffin and he's going to need to get luck. He got he missed his run, got smacked out the back. Which doesn't suit John for whatever reason. And he, he is going to still, like you're saying, Mark, he's, he's going to punch Maserati Bay out, you know, two in five times and look like a genius. Mm. But I, I want it to be three out of five to take that position. Yeah. That, 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 that's having a really detailed view and, and bit like a deep understanding of a small pool of jockeys mm. and yeah like and it's you, you can't be data driven you can't think like that if you're trying to use data to bet all across australia and hong kong i'm right, just betting in right. victoria so I, I am applying my thinking and mainly to metro rides too yeah, in the look, bush it's just like oh this guy can half ride and most of these can't i wouldn't well, well two things yes it's um you are dealing with a discrete pool, not trying to bet on thousands of races. Also, I didn't, wouldn't necessarily call that prejudice. I mean, you couldn't find data to back those views up. Uh, it would take some doing, and no one probably got the time to do it. You, you could probably get stats on Jockey X out of the box, so, you know. Um, but I wouldn't... That's not necessarily prejudice. That's not like I don't like backing uh, Bayless because um, he slaughtered a couple of backs two months ago, you know. That's... Yeah. That's that's not that, that's not the prejudice I'm talking about. Mm. I don't think I'm prejudiced either, Mark, because I don't weight any of them because none of them can ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually the same, for what it's worth. Well, it, it, it could be Jay McDonald and others, quite frankly. Oh, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's... Hey, that, the stats don't lie. You, well, you've mentioned on the show plenty of times for anyone yeah. that does watch, they just follow your tip on just back Jay Mac on blind and win at 20%. Yeah, exactly. And, don't do and, and then don't follow the advice yourself like me on Saturday when he wrote when two of them. Are. <laughs> All right, very good. That is a, uh, a deeper, deeper dive for another deep dive and another deep day. Uh, but until then, we've got a week ahead. Dickens, I'll start with you. Uh, lean week. We'll just try and pick the eyes out of a few maidens. We've got Dechuka today. Uh, might be betting. Um, Cranbourne on Wednesday. After last that last Cranbourne meeting. I doubt we bet a lot. Um, it's just not a track we, we go well at. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Flemington but... Saturday. Expect us to bet there and Bendigo Sunday. So it might be a, a, a similar week to what we just had. Yep. Race-free week. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, Mark Roden, Sydney. Yep. Um, now, pretty pretty light. Uh, Kenzo Wednesday next to me. They're all going to be Kenzo midweeks at the moment. Um, Kembla Thursday... Randwick, Newcastle, Saturday, uh, and just all push meetings around us. All right. Uh, uh, how, how are the trainers at Warwick Farm and Rose Hill? They're not allowed to race there, but they can train there and bring their horses from there. Is that right? Yeah, there was some drama with staff. Oh, well, there was a positive case out of Warwick Farm last week, wasn't there? But it that's was. come to, they've managed to keep that under control, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. There'll be strict protocols, COVID protocols, Jack, in place. Apparently, Richard Richard was trying to get him that 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 guy to come to Rose Hill so they could all catch it and just get on with it. He said. <laughs> didn't that, didn't that in, 
you know he's like wealthy as fuck. Equine influenza, EI in 2007. Yeah. Yep. It was a Queensland trainer when the outbreak came, and one of his horses got it. Um, like, got an infected hanky or something and stuck it in the face of all the other horses in his stable to give it to them just so he'd be, he'd be out of it quicker. But that didn't, I don't think that panned out too well for them. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. dear. Um, uh, Queensland? It was in Queensland, yeah. Speaking of Queensland, this week in Queensland, firstly, before I do this, congratulations to all the Victorian trainers who survived their week off. Uh, this <laughs> week, we're betting in Warwick at Warwick today. Eagle Farms Wednesday, 56 acceptances across seven races. The trainers are voting with their feet on that track. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do there. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Ipswich Thursday, and then on Saturday, we have Gold Coast, Doomben, Toowoomba, usual. Oh, yes. Um, Kilcoin, Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Oh. So, just, we just, so there's about, on the geographical locations, there's probably like an hour between like the Kilcoin and the Sunshine Coast, but we'll race at both venues. Oh. Yeah, wonderful. Meanwhile in WA, Belmont Wednesday, Pinjarra Thursday, Belmont Saturday. That's it. All right, we'll guys. Have a, uh, we'll have a midweek masterclass probably tomorrow with Gareth yep. on RSN. Uh, if you are in lockdown in Sydney or wherever, uh, all the best. Uh, and Queensland. 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 Lockdown has been extended. Think it obvious. Hopefully, hopefully we uh, we kick and we, we bring it home. Tip style. How safe does it make you feel watching Australians not only win gold in the pool, but mowing down that gold, like coming from, like chasing down the leader? Fuck it, mate. It just makes me feel McChicken safe, Petey. Love it. <laughs> Love it out.